I'm Regan Brandt, and this is the Insurance Chatter. What is the insurance industry talking about? What problems are InsurTech solving? What trends are agents, brokers, underwriters, and executives thinking about? Every week, I sit down with a different person from across the insurance industry to discuss what's happening in their niche markets. I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at risk, technology, data, and culture within one of the most exciting business sectors. Follow along to get pumped and see where the insurance industry is headed. Today, I'm sitting down with Adam Kiefer, CEO and co-founder of Talage. You may have seen him ripping it up on the University of Nevada football team, but he was shooting for the NFL, but landed in the second best career, insurance. At six feet, five inches with a ponytail, he might not look like your standard insurance agent or tech entrepreneur, but he's revolutionizing small insurance alongside his childhood best friend. Listen in and keep an eye out for Talage as they are working with dozens of carriers and agencies across the nation to change how small business insurance is transacted. Now, before we get started, he's going to set the stage with his plate song to life. I have to be kickstart by heart by Motley Crue. Uh, I think that line about when we started this band, all we needed was a laugh. Years gone by, I'd say we kicked some ass, right? Like if that doesn't summarize startup life, I don't know what that is. So I love it. I love it. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I've been in uh, Reno, Nevada. Um, you know, ended up in Reno, grew up in the Bay Area in California and ended up in Reno, um, played football for the University of Nevada. And so stuck around nice. here and never left and met my wife up at school. And now we got Reno kids and a Reno company. And, um, you know, it's a great spot to, you know, we're close to the Bay Area, but it, you know, kind of have that smaller town feel to it. And, I don't think anyone really goes into their career being like, I'm going to be an insurance agent, reinsure, insure tech. So how the heck did you fall into the insurance industry? Uh, so it goes back to that previous comment. So I was supposed to be, my plan was to be retired from the NFL after winning my fifth Super Bowl last, last week, right? Um, Come on. What happened there? Uh, <laughs> so that, that plan fell through. So plan B was, I had no plan B in fact, um, and knew some people in the insurance industry and got tied in with a local agency in Reno, Nevada. I just literally needed to pay some bills and uh, yep. like a lot of people. And, was on the street producing and um, that agency ended up getting acquired by Wells Fargo, um, which was cool, learned a lot in terms of really big agencies. And yeah. so they didn't do everything right, so probably learned as much what not to do as what to do from them. But it was a great experience. We kind of started getting into the carrier side of things and then actually went to work for a carrier. And so kind of saw the you know, conversations on the other side of the table, worked with you know kind of agencies all across the Western half of the United States um, for, uh, for employer's insurance. Okay. And then, um, yeah, then whatever, have my, you know, big startup aha moment that I think, you know, there's a better way and I think we can do something cool. And so I started getting the kind of the, you know, kicking some ideas around on what Talage could be. Um, met up with, um, well, I always met up with him, my, my co-founder, Matt Donovan, who he and I have been friends since fifth grade. Um, oh, wow. So called him up and yeah, we, we go way back. Uh, we're still yeah. friends most days, which is good. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't always say that in startup life. So I, no. I appreciate giving him the kudos on that. Yeah, we make a point like at least once a week or so to like talk about non-college things like, you know, kids and plays and whatever else totally. is going on, right? Totally. Um, which is important. Um, but yeah, so he had done some startup stuff in the Bay Area um, and had been early at a couple different startups doing some things. And so I up with him and, uh, you know, at this point, like on, 
officially, I mean, it's been like seven years since we started kicking around business plans and things like that. Um, you know, we were working different jobs early on. It's been really fun to watch the space grow and um, obviously internally watch Talents grow, but but I think InsureTech as a whole, right? I mean, it's, our first meetings were literally, I mean, we were convincing our insurance companies that, you know, the internet was not a fad, right? Which is absurd to say that we were doing that, but like, it's true. Um, and so like our first sales page was like, I think maybe somebody might want to do business on the internet. You're like, nah. Never heard of this dot com thing you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, what is this black black magic you speak of? Um, and so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a blast, and it's been a lot of fun to build a company. And uh, you know, it's, it's hard but lots of days, but I mean, I wouldn't trade anything for it. Um, it I didn't know that you were also on the retail agency side. So you've kind of had the spectrum from all, which is, you know, a really good lens before we dive into the nitty gritty. Was there any mentors that kind of shaped some of, you know, along that way that said, hey, I do want to be in this industry? Yeah, I mean, tons of them, right? I think the insurance industry in general, I think, and I think InsureTech is changing this, but not in a bad way. Um, but I think it's, it's all about relationships, right? It's, it's such a relationship driven business and it's, you know, for good or bad, right? You can't burn a bridge in this industry. Totally. <laughs> but I think, I think the positive side of that is like, I think people are willing to go above and beyond to help people out, right? I think if you're you know, a young person coming up, um, it's a fantastic industry because people are willing to go that extra mile and help you out. So, so, I mean, there's, you know, there were you know, a lot of mentors when I was at the, the first agency I was at, um, you know, Nick Rossi, who, who runs LP Insurance and has been very, very successful. He's now a super regional agency out, out on the West Coast. Um, you know, was a fantastic mentor from the jump and kind of showed me the ropes and how the stuff works. And then there were you know, producers along the way. And I mean, there was, there was one producer, uh, Dave Strickland is in, and I'm um, still talking to him. And he, uh, I remember we were sitting down one time and, and Wells had this big idea that they were going to roll up all the small business across the country and serve it out of Minneapolis. Like, right? like, yeah. Like, spoiler, like, worst idea ever. It didn't, didn't work at all. But, uh, <laughs> like, conceptually, it made sense, right? And so I remember sitting there with Dave, and Dave was like, so you could build an empire on small commercial insurance, like if, if you can do it efficiently, right? Um, and so it was just like, I don't even know if he remembers telling me that, but like it was just one of those like weird comments that just like locks in your head forever. And, and so, you know, then it kind of got into as I was working for employers, which was very small commercial focus, and seeing these agencies all across the country you know, dealing with efficiency issues. I mean, that's really the core of where talent is totally. it's like, like, if we can make small business effective, it's it's good for the agencies, it's good for the towns they serve, it's, I mean, it's, it's good for the carriers, right? It's more profitable business. I mean, it's really kind of this whatever cliche win-win-win type of scenario if you can just drive yep. efficiency in that space. I think, you know, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, when I think you nailed it, I mean, there are a lot of really good people in the industry. I think a lot of people our generation or even younger don't think insurance is cool or sexy or fun. And, you know, I beg to differ. It's been very lucrative for my family. You meet great people. And so, you know, one of the questions I kind of wanted to ask you guys, and I know you're scaling your team now, is how are you finding talent? Talent's hard, right? Um, and that's the hardest part right now. And I think this market is especially hard, you know, a little unique in terms of with COVID and quarantine and everything else that went down, right? Like finding people is tough. But we, I mean, locally we're partnering up with um, EDON, it's called, which is the Economic Development Authority of Western Data, right? And so we're partnering with them. They're doing some programs in terms of kind of fast-tracking people through engineering programs. So we're partnering with them for, for engineering programs, right? Where we can hire these guys right out of a program uh, and gals actually, which is cool to put a big emphasis on getting programs, nice. Yeah. So we hire these guys like right out of that program. We can hire them on as kind of junior engineers and take them under our wing, which is awesome. And then uh, working with the university up here, the university actually just launched uh, its first risk management program, which is super cool. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, yeah. And so, you know, trying to find people, you know, that, that kind of non-technical, but insurance-minded business analysts and stuff like that, where we can, you know, 
I don't know, I don't know. They, they keep inviting me to come do guest lectures, which I'm sure they'll be great yeah. um, you know, as soon as it starts. But, uh, <laughs> but like, I mean, you, you know, you got to get creative, right? Travel, you gotta find or you come work for me, you know? Which yeah, right. one does? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I think I walk through the room, I'm not what people are expecting when they see, uh, you know, insurance. Uh, yeah, but I think that's green, but like six foot five and you know, yeah. ponytail at this point post quarantine. Like, yeah, I'm, I don't scream insurance. I don't think. Yeah, where's the salt and pepper hair in the suit, Adam? Come on now. So, God, I had to put the suit on for a funeral a while ago, and it was, it took me three tries to get the tie right. Uh, it would have been a minute. Are you guys doing something kind of different, like with your cult? Like, what is kind of the culture in your guys' office that you know is something that would be appealing once these people kind of get on that they can thrive and continue to grow? Yeah, I think, I mean, culture stuff too, right? It's harder um, during quarantine, right? When people are kind of remote and like, how do you build culture remotely? I mean, we went at the beginning of the quarantine, we had, I think we were at like seven employees or eight employees, right? When we, you know, kind of locked down to that. And then yeah. um, we hired, you know, whatever. I don't know, you can do the math, 10, 10 15 people, whatever it was um, during yeah. quarantine essentially, right? Now yeah. we're three times bigger than we were when we went in. So it's like, how do you kind of control that culture and how do you build that? And I think, you know, there's whatever we try to do parties and stuff like that, and it's it's fine. It's something, but I think getting people in real life is a big deal. And you know, we, we put up an office space and everything else, so that people are just, you know we're kind of doing a flexible work schedule now. You know, we have days a week and be flexible enough to still work until we've got something going on. And so, you know, I think we've tried to build. We jokingly called it um, a startup for grownups. Is kind yeah. of what the culture we're trying to build here, where it's like take some of the good things from Silicon Valley and like you know, the, the drive and the passion and the velocity, right? And take some of those things and kind of mesh them with, you know, stability. And like, we're not at the bar every week at two o'clock, but, but sometimes, right? Like, I mean, just like have a more balanced approach to it, I think is a big part of it where you can grow in your career, you can grow as a person, but you're also, you know, we can hire people who are 50 who don't feel like they're out of place. No, that's awesome. Here, right? um, yeah. Everybody has, you know, wife, kids, family, husband, whoever, right? Um, yeah. And so, I don't know. I think we're building something special and I think it's something, you know, people are going to want to be a part of this, you know, no matter what happens with college, you know, in terms of success, um, you know, I think that we, we take the responsibility of holding somebody's, you know, a couple of years of somebody's career pretty seriously. No, absolutely. Well, and kind of along those lines with the pandemic, is there anything like looking back, like a technology that you've leaned on or something that you're like, hey, this was really good. Any kind of takeaways that you guys have gotten from the pandemic? I mean, specifically for us, I mean, we had this great idea. Um, like right as we were, we were in Iowa, right? Um, we were gonna launch our new wheelhouse product, which is a, a, you know, a direct to kind of retail agency product where they can have access to our APIs and do some cool things there. So we were like, March, 2020 is the time to launch this product, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So we were like, we we're getting ready for this, ready to go, everything, like, right, like the world blows up. Um, so we go, okay, we're probably not gonna sell anything before yeah. April, um, and we didn't really, right? Like, but what was cool is we, did, we were launching this product and concurrently, you know, our CTO is kind of sitting behind the scenes going like, we're not built to scale this, right? Like, this is going to be a little bit painful. And so we, you know, whatever, I'll claim credit for it, but it's probably an accident. Like, we were basically like, look, I don't think we're going to, we're not going to sell anything or we're going to sell very little, right, these first couple months. And so we basically took that, kind of wiped the roadmap for engineering team and they rebuilt our system entirely in terms of the, the actual cost So moved everything to AWS. You know, made us geographically redundant, put in a lot of security things that we had just kind of duct taped together going forward kind of fast. And so we did take 60, 75 days and just kind of rebuild the back end of the system. And I think that was huge for us to yeah. roll through 2020. You know, the, the flow and the traffic and the users did scale. And so you know, I don't know that it, we would have figured it out, but like it was a lot less painful than we were able to take the pause. 
Yeah, that is one I know. I know my frustration sometimes in the industry is it moves slow, but it also can be a blessing, you know, when you are developing something, you know, new and kind of trying to scale it. Because once things take off, the industry is big and it can go, you know, rapid fire. So, well, I'm going to pivot a little bit and I, you know, put you on the spot. And you are one of the insure techs. So it is always interesting asking this. When you hear the word insure tech, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, I usually roll my eyes um, <laughs> and then I step back and figure out what they're doing. Um, I, I think I think the insure techs, right? Like, um, and we are one of them. Um, I do think we lean a little on the insure more than the tech in some ways, right? I think we, we understand the industry. We don't as much as. Uh, I think we understand the industry. I think we know what we're doing. I think where insure techs, I think, have gotten a bad rap is like some of the big ones, right? Where they've gone public via SPAC or whatever they've done and they haven't um, but I think the other thing is, I think there's just a general attitude with the insure techs where it's like, it's tech people coming in saying like, insurance is stupid, we can fix this, right? Like, and, and, and those of us in the industry, I think can, can say, right? Like insurance is stupid, but like, you, but if you're out there, you can't talk about my family. Only I can make fun of my family. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Now that's just insulting. <laughs> yeah. So. Right? But the reasons like insurance has lots of areas to improve. Of course, right? Like we're all kind of chipping off different pieces of it. But when you dive into it, I think well, people don't give the proper respect. Most of the time, there's really good reason for it, right? Like, I mean, it's a highly regulated industry. I mean, you're dealing with legal contracts. Like, you just can't, you know, I can't build a TikTok overnight and, like, give it to the insurance. It doesn't make any sense, right? Like, so, like, it has to be, like, has to be buttoned up tight from a legal standpoint, from a compliance standpoint, from all these different things. And so, I think what I have found unfortunate is I think some of the incumbents kind of write off the insure tax and they're like, oh, it's just, you know, it's two dudes from Stanford who think they're smarter than everybody. Yeah, uh, there's probably a couple of those, but like a lot of us, I think, come from the industry and saw real problems in day to day life, right? And I know your story is very similar. Like, this yeah. is a real problem that I saw. I think I can make it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, no. And I think you know, when the insure techs like that that are approaching it from that side, um, I think are doing really, really good work pushing the industry. No, I like that. I like that. I, I agree with you. I think some of these ones that have gone public get a, give all of us a bad rap if they're not per performing. And that's not what we're trying to do. We are trying to raise the tides of everyone, you know, in the yeah. industry, kind of get it up to speed with where some of the other, you know, business sectors are. So, totally. all right, next one. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the, like, the industry is moving fast, but every other industry is moving faster, right? Like, I mean, insurance <laughs> is now dealing with, like, customers, you know, service that, you know, they're expecting Amazon-level service. And it's like, dude, we're like, we're still on fast machine. We can't give you that. Yeah. Like, I mean, we will quickly, but like, I mean, that's the challenge, right? Is that like people, the bar is here, the industry is here, and like, how do we close this gap while this bar keeps moving up at the same time, right? Like, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So it's a challenge for sure. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you one more. That's kind of a hard one. Cause I know you are, you know, more new into this like founder role. So, you know, not to throw, not to throw Talage under the bus, but if you were to wake up tomorrow, Talage already sold, you're off the ride. What would you start in the insurance industry? I think there's some interesting thing. I mean, reinsurance, I always thought was super fascinating, right? Um, and that's probably one area, whatever, there's lots of areas of insurance I haven't had experience in. But like, that's like the big one. Like, I think reinsurance is, is just a fascinating industry. It's like the modeling and, and like the things that go in. I mean, some of those catalysts. I mean, things like that are like, super fascinating. So I don't know if I know enough about that side of the house to actually like say I can do anything there yet. But um, yeah. I think that one in general is super fascinating. And then I do think, like, whatever, and it's like a little bit of the tech pro in me coming out. But I think I think there's still a lot to be explored in terms of blockchain and insurance. Yeah. Right? Like, I think running like these insurance contracts in the blockchain, and there's a lot of things that I don't think work in insurance on the blockchain. Yeah. Like, I'm not suggesting we start paying for policies in Bitcoin, right? I don't, I don't know if that's the future. 
but I think yeah. I think some of the blockchain implications are really interesting in terms of you know, keeping these legal contracts in place and you know, people understanding what they have and things like that. Um, so I think there's definitely space in that area, and I don't know enough about it. But the cool part about you know kind of you know where you sit and where I sit is like you get to meet really smart people all the time. And I think, oh, you know, whatever comes after college. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think I sit on the couch for very long, frankly. I just don't think it's in the yeah. future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think the next thing is, is like find some more smart people, and, and you know, I think there's a lot of things to explore. I mean, claim. I mean, claims is fascinating. I mean, there's so many areas right that need so much help, and, and you know, a little incremental improvement can be a big deal. I'm going to kind of pivot into the end here and give you kind of an opportunity for listeners who you know aren't as familiar with what you guys do. What's kind of your guys' elevator pitch? Yeah, so I mean, the website is just talgiantess.com or you can find me anywhere. Um, I try to be all over the place on Twitter, LinkedIn, and whatever, you know, yeah. generally halfway approachable. Um, but we'd love to, you know, to talk to anybody about it. And I mean, when you look at kind of college and what we built, I think, you know, what we're trying to do is kind of the, the step after the next step, right? So all these carriers are coming out with their APIs and different systems and different what we've done is essentially, you know, the next natural problem there is, okay, you've got 2,000 carriers across this country. You're going to have 2,000 APIs. Like, what are you going to do with that, right? And so we're, college, we're kind of positioning ourselves as essentially be an aggregator of those APIs. And so we standardize okay. them, clean them up. Um, you know, the industry lovingly has eight different standards for everything, right? Like, so we've mapped all the SIC codes, the NICS codes, the NCCI codes, WCRB, whatever Delaware and Pennsylvania are yep. up, right? Like all that stuff. Yeah. We clean that all up and put it into one endpoint. So essentially, if you have gotcha. the capability to build your own platform, you can integrate with our one endpoint and you can access all the carriers that we've already and products that we've already Okay. And then we have our wheelhouse platform that sits on top of it, which is really kind of retail and wholesale APC platform. And really all that is, is a pre-built user experience to access those APIs. It's all customizable, you okay. can workflows. And our whole goal, I think, you know, speaking of some of the early insure tech, right? Like it was all about, it's so hard to buy insurance and such a pain. And like, I never like fundamentally, like never thought it was that hard to buy insurance. Like what I think is hard to do is to sell insurance, right? Uh, from the carrier's perspective, from the agency's perspective, brokerages, like how do they efficiently sell this product? And so what Talaj's whole mantra from the beginning has really been is like make it easier to sell insurance. And we think if you can solve that problem, then the buying experience naturally becomes better, right? Um, yep. But our, our product is very much focused on helping carriers, helping agencies, helping brokerages, helping that entire distribution channel all the way down, really sell their product. So on the front end, and you know, this might be a naive question, but are you selling more to the retail agent space or is that kind of front end before the wheelhouse platform? Are your actual customers more the carriers and like MGAs? I mean, our customers is both, is, is a short answer, right? Like we're obviously working with the carriers at high end because we need to sell their we need to push their product through, right? The API through, um, yep. Yep. And so we're working with the carriers very closely to make sure that we're representing them the way they want to be represented. And then on the you know on the other side we do have retail agencies and wholesale brokers that use our software and software essentially distribute that. But yeah, I mean we're constantly looking for new carriers and MGAs. Like honestly, anybody who has you know, if you've got API connectivity into your platform, like obviously that's great. If you're a small MGA or carrier who is grading things off with an Excel spreadsheet, we can build you an engine ourselves and basically yeah. create an API for you. Um, yep. and, and kind of run it that way. And so we can work with I don't want to say anybody because I'm sure there's somebody that we can't work with, but we can work yeah. with most people in the market, right? In terms of what you've got, yeah. and we really just, like I said, we just want to make it easier for you to sell your product, um, whether you're the agency or the carrier, or the MGA, or whoever you are in the middle there. Um, we can make it easier to get your product. 
Well, perfect. Well, kind of in closing, because now you're probably going to go viral after this podcast, because I know it's so big time. Um, mm-hmm. If someone runs into you in Reno or any other city, are you more a coffee, beer, margarita, or straight shot kind of guy? Literally all of those things, um, just depending upon the time of day, right? Um, I have, I've been trying to lose weight, so I've just, just like, instead of quitting drinking, I just drink like tequila and ice, which my wife keeps telling oh, me. A low carb cocktail. Yeah. You're, a, you're a low carb cocktail. I like it. Okay. My, my wife's like, that's not a cocktail. I was like, no, it's tequila and ice. It's two ingredients. That's a cocktail. Yeah. Um, and it has a splash of lime in it. That counts for yeah, 30. Yes, absolutely. Come that's on. three ingredients. That's clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, a top shelf tequila is on me next time I see you and I appreciate you. That was a wrap for the insurance chatter this week. That is a wrap for the chatter this week. If you like what you heard here today, join us each week to stay up to date on the insurance trends, best practices, and emerging technologies that are disrupting the insurance industry.